I just executed. I didn't know any better. I didn't know what to be afraid of. I just went out there and made offers. Welcome to the House Flipping HQ podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of wholesaling and house flipping businesses. The systems and automation that we discuss will help you build a real business instead of another job for yourself. From beginners to those doing hundreds of houses a year, we go deep into the details and strategies that are working today. And now your host, Bill Allen. Hey, welcome to the House Flipping HQ podcast. This is Bill Allen again, and I'm bringing to you the one and only Mike Simmons today. What's up, Mike? Hey, man. How's it going? It's going well. How are you doing? Awesome. This is exciting. Everyone doesn't know you're getting set up here for the podcast and all your new equipment. It's, it's fun to watch. It's, it's a good thing. I've, I've listened to echoey uh, uh, earbuds for a while now, so this is getting real professional. I love it. Yeah, Andy and I just did one a couple of days ago and we both have our earbuds in and they're plugged in. I listened to it. I was like, this audio is horrible. So in fact, it's, it's a pretty funny story. So I went to an email that I sent to you about, I don't know, four, almost four years ago now and said, hey, Mike, like, what's your setup for your podcast and the microphone and all that stuff? And so I got all this stuff, ordered it from Amazon and it's still in a box sitting on the ground today. I got on with Mike and I said, uh, hey, Mike, how, like, I got this thing. You told me about this microphone. You told, told me about this. How do I set it up? I have no idea. He's like, dude, That's just awesome. plug it. Just plug it in. <laughs> exactly. And everyone can thank me because they're now listening to your smooth, creamy voice through a good microphone. That's right. The FM DJ voice. That's right. That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny. So, um, all right, let's get serious here. So, right, um, you know, on the podcast that I talked about, um, uh, a couple, um, a couple episodes ago, we talked about kind of, uh, bringing on this, this board of directors, these people that are going to take this company with me, uh, moving forward. And obviously like you're the first person that I reached out to when this transition happened and said, Hey, you know, I want you to come, uh, come stay, come do this with me. And here's kind of my vision and my plan. And you were on board. And um, so I just kind of want to bring you on uh, along with everybody else. Um, so we're going to do a couple episodes with everybody and just kind of reintroduce uh, you to the podcast and everybody uh, that out there listening to us. So obviously you've been on a few already and um, everybody probably knows who you are, but why don't you just take a minute to say like who you are, what you do, what the business looks like, that kind of thing, just to, in case anybody's just tuning in. Yeah, sure. No problem. And I think my, my, I always think that my, my story, I'm doing air quotes, my story is like not that interesting, but honestly, I, I, I sort of started off like everybody. I had a nine to five job. I have kids, I have a house, a mortgage, like responsibilities. I thought I didn't have any time. And, and I got into real estate investing because I really, really needed to figure out how I was going to retire someday. Like that was sort of my thing. Like I, I make okay money, but like, what does this look like? And I, and I'm not like, you know, like this great financial planner, but I can do basic math and I extrapolate out what I'm making and what my raises can be and all this stuff. And it's like, well, I'm never going to be retired. So you start looking into like investing and different things and I'm not a stock market guy. So I eventually landed on real estate and got involved in, and really it was hard work. I, I had to go after, after five o'clock after I did my normal job and I was looking at houses and making offers. Um, but what I found was, you know, for me, at least in my experience, execution trumps intelligence. It trumps everything. Like execution is where it is. So I just executed. I didn't know any better. I didn't know what to be afraid of. I don't have a lot of financial fear. So I was, I just went out there and made offers and started kind of making mistakes and figuring it out as I went. And I had no one to help me. You know, I, I kind of did it on my own for quite some time and, and eventually um, got into this group, the seven figure flipping group. I'm kind of skipping ahead fast, but I got into the seven figure flipping group and I went from doing like kind of like muddling around doing one or two deals a month to 
I scaled up and, and, and went to a million dollars in revenue and like 10 plus deals a month in, in 12 months. Um, so that's how we met. It's how you and I met. And, and I was helped along the way by some great people. And one of them, Andy McFarlane, who you've had on the show just before me. Um, and he was running a very successful business, but he was able to kind of go back and, and give me that hindsight and, and tell me what he did right and what he did wrong. And I'm an impatient guy. So my first thing to Andy was like, all right, it took you X amount of years to get where you are now, right? From where I am. But I want to just, I want to know everything you did and just compress that into like a year if I can. Like, I just want to do it right now. I can't wait four or five years and learn it along the way. So he kind of helped me through that and told me what he did and shared with me his resources. And I was able to get to that point in, in my business where he was in a much quicker uh fashion because I, I had that hindsight. I had someone helping me. So that was huge in my business. And that's sort of, like I said, where we met, we both joined the seven figure program at the same time. And you had not done a lot of real estate at that point. I had been in real estate for, at that point for about six or seven years. Um, but I was sort of not doing it right. Like I was figuring things out along the way and making some, some really bad mistakes. And I had no processes, no, no systems. I, I didn't have any employees. And I had to learn how to put all that stuff in place so I could scale up, right? So when Andy helped me do that and, and, and like working with people like you that were in the group, I realized that the group had helped me so much, I wanted to give back to you. I wanted to start helping people and, and help them figure out what I needed to have figured out. Because I knew in my situation, I'm a little bit of an introvert. So it was hard for me sometimes to get the information I needed because I don't want to look stupid. I don't want to put myself out there. But this group and Andy specifically answered all the like, quote, dumb questions that I had, you know? And when you go to a RIA, you don't know anybody. And if you're not a super outgoing person, it's hard sometimes to put yourself out there and start asking questions. You feel like you're wasting people's time and, and it doesn't, you know, it's, it's sort of like a pain in their butt to, to ask these questions. So giving back and knowing that there are people out there that have questions, they don't know how to get them answered. And they, worst off, they don't even know what they don't know, right? So, this group kind of helps you with that. And that's, that's what was important to me. And that's why when you reached out to me and said, Hey, you know, I'm going to be taking over this, this, this company, this group, uh, I'm going to be leading it. You and I over the past two or three years have formed uh, a pretty good friendship. I consider you to be a close friend of mine and you taking it over, knowing how much we think alike anyway, and how well we work together. Uh, I was excited because I, I know what your vision is, or I, I have a good idea of, of some of your vision for what you want to do. And it aligns with mine. And, and I had a choice to make at this point, I could have done something else. Um, but working with you and building something even better, even greater than what I think this group already is, was super attractive to me. And, that, and that's what I wanted to do. And for me personally, <clears throat> I flipped houses for the first five or six years that I was in this business. Now I'm primarily a wholesaler, but I've seen both sides of it. And I've also done this while I had a full-time job for a while. So I get that. I get the struggle. I had kids that had, you know, events at school and plays and, and sports and things like that. I know that there's a balancing act that has to happen. And I understand the sacrifices that you have to make if you want to do this business, but I've also done it. I've, I've gone from there transitioned into full-time real estate several years ago. So I get that struggle. I'm a, mostly a wholesaler now and it's not because wholesaling is better than flipping. Wholesaling just matches my personality. And some of that is really important. People do what they think they're supposed to do because they see a flipping show on TV and they go, well, I guess flipping is the way to go. But if it doesn't match your personality, if you don't like managing people and timelines and budgets and contractors and all these things, 
maybe it's not for you, but it, sometimes they're bigger paydays, right? So all these things is, are what I had to figure out. And it took me a while to figure out, I, I like the speed of wholesaling. So that's what I gravitate toward. But clarity and execution are like really two of the biggest ingredients in being successful in my opinion. Just be clear on what you want, know what your goal is, and then execute like crazy. You're going to make mistakes, but if you have people along the way that have been there and seen that, and they can sort of direct you around the hazards and, and the potholes and things that you're, going to, that you're going to stumble upon, it makes it so much smoother and so much faster. It doesn't make it easy, but it makes it a little bit easier to understand what you really need to do to be successful. And that's why this group appeals to me. I've seen how many people we've helped. The success stories are endless. So many people that have come through that either didn't know anything about what, they didn't really know what they're doing at all. And some people who came in who had some success and they are already kind of successful in their own right, were able to get clear, streamline, systematize, and really scale up because that's what they wanted to do. So that's why I love the group. That's why I'm here. And that's why I, that's why I remained. Awesome. You said uh, one word that I wanted to go back to and it said impatient. So I've seen your personality profile and I thought I was impatient. And then I looked at yours. We do a lot of personality profile testing for our <laughs> staff and our people. And, uh, you know, we went to a class together to do it. And um, yep. I, it's, I don't know that I've ever seen somebody more impatient than, uh, than Mike Simmons. So yeah, uh, it's, it's pros and cons. I, I, you know, they, they attach uh, adjectives to post profiles, right? Like just like basic adjectives. And they're not all positive for mine, by the way. There, some of them are like kind of obnoxious. And along with impatience sometimes comes with, I'm not as detailed as you are. So I, I sometimes I'm, I'm tough with details, but right, I'm super impatient and, and I, I just don't like to wait for anything. Well, I think that's important. Like, uh, I, you know, I have that impatient gene a little bit, not necessarily as big as you, but, um, you know, I think that's why we execute so fast. Like, I'm not going to wait for somebody to do something for me. I get an idea, I'm running with it, right? And uh, it makes us uh, independent. It makes us good entrepreneurs, I think, and, and kind of develops who we are and what our business looks like. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I remember that first meeting with you and kind of like talking to you and getting to know you. And for some, like, I just felt like I had this, this person, this immediate friend there that we really clicked. We really um, um, got to know each other well over the next couple of years. And it's been like that uh, ever since. So, um, you know, I really value your friendship. And uh, obviously, you've been doing this business a lot longer than me, and you're still doing it. So, I, I want to make sure we pointed that out. It's not uh, yep. basically that you, you were flipping in the past, now full-time wholesaler pretty much. And, um, you know, I value kind of your experience. Um, everything that you bring to the table is really amazing. So, um, what a lot of people don't know is after Flip Hacking Live last year, you drove down to my house in Nashville to talk <laughs> to me about this group, right? Yeah. It's yep. just, um, we left that event. There was some like kind of hey, I want to do more. I want to figure out what this is, what it looks like. And I mean, you drove from uh, Michigan down to Nashville. I don't know how long was that? Like six, six and a half eight hours. Eight, eight hours. Yeah. So eight hour drive and just got in the car, drove down, stayed with me a couple, couple days. We hung out. Um, you know, a lot of our friends are in this seven figure group, right? Some of our best friends yep. and yep. we're not in the same markets. We're not in the same cities. We live all around. So um, yep. we get to see each other three, four times a year and it's just not enough. So coming down there though, that's like, that's the commitment and dedication that you had to this organization and, and what we're doing and the mission and things like that. And it's, uh, I mean, that really was a big thing for me um, to kind of see that and then taking over, obviously, it's like the first person that, uh, you know, I absolutely have to have on board. So thanks. Really I appreciate that. Yeah, me too. And uh, okay, so let's, uh, so we talked about a little bit about um, kind of what your business looks like. Like, what is that? Just let's, can we get into something on the business? Like, what, what does it look like right now? Um, kind of your size of your organization, deal volume, that kind of stuff. Like, yep. what does it look like? Yeah, let's do it. So 
we, it's funny, and you've done this too a little bit, you, you kind of go through phases and, and you, you learn and you get better as you go, right? So I got to that million dollars and, and we made a little bit of a mess along the way, right? We hired people and we threw people in places and it was like, it was force of will, it was horsepower, it was just like, I, I was not not going to get there, right? And, and what people don't know too, funny little side story, when we joined the group, this, this declaration was made, whoever gets to a million dollars in revenue first gets this trip to, it started off Hawaii and then it turned into Fiji. And, and once me and my partner, Mike, we, we kind of told our wives, like, this is, you know, what the, the deal is in this contest. They're like, all right, go get it. So we were not not going to get there. But when you scale up fast and, and sort of like really, really push that hard, you don't always make like long-term great decisions. So the following year, we had to kind of clean that up a little bit. We ended up bloating, our, our business got bloated up a little bit. Too many people, too much salary, um, wasn't really smart. So we scaled back a little bit. Currently, we're sending out, uh, we just recently upped it a little bit. So we're sending about 75,000 mail pieces every month. Um, we do PPC, so pay-per-click. We do Facebook ads. Uh, we do some bandit signs um, and we do some ringless voicemail stuff. So we have a lot of different um, marketing channels that we work and we're constantly evaluating them, right? So it's important that you don't just do a bunch of stuff, but you do stuff and then you, 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 quantify what it's doing for you and you can turn things up or turn things down, stop doing things, add more money to certain things that are working. So that's a constant work in progress, right? But that's where we currently are. Uh, we're doing 12 to 15 deals a month, somewhere in that range. And we're on pace to do about 1.5 million today. So that's kind of where we are. We have acquisite, we have um, uh, lead managers, uh, two of them that answer phones for us. We have a backup service. So if something comes after hours or on the weekends, when someone isn't working, it goes to a backup. We know that live answer uh, is the way to go when it comes to incoming leads. So I want those live answer people to be working for me in my office locally, but after hours and things, we do have to go to a backup service because I would still rather go to a backup service that answers live than a voicemail. I think that's, that's absolutely the way to go. We sort of proven that in this, in this, um, in this group. And then we have uh, acquisitions team. We have two people currently that are on our acquisitions team. Um, each of them are going on about eight to 10 appointments a week, somewhere in there. Um, and then we have a dispositions, uh, a guy, a manager who's been with us the longest. He's our longest running employee. Um, he is in charge of making sure that the contracts that we get are being sold to other investors, right? House flippers and landlords. And we're assigning contracts to those folks. And then we have a transaction person who handles the title company work. They, they make sure that we get to closing. They deal with buyers and sellers, make sure all the paperwork is in and kind of corral people and set that closing date, make sure wires are being sent to the title company, all that. And, and then we have a bookkeeper uh, that kind of handles all of our books for us. I did that, you know, famously did that the first year, uh, first several years, but as we scaled up and got much, much larger, I was still doing the books. And at the end of the year, like couldn't sleep, like nightmares. My bookkeeper was asking for things that I knew I didn't have and it was just horrible. So got the bookkeeper in place uh, to help us. And then we recently hired a COO. So someone to handle operations for us so that uh, I don't have to be there all day, every day. And they're running, sort of managing the team, managing the processes and making sure people are following the processes. So we're running kind of a smooth, tight or, uh, operation. And really that's what it boils down to too. As you, even as you scale, like you win by being organized, uh, and being very 
quick to act, right? If you have sort of this bloated organization that takes forever to do anything, you're going to lose out, right? So you can scale up and still be very quick to react, very lean and very responsive to your mail and to the incoming leads. And you can still win. You can, you don't have to get big and then like, well, we lose to the little guys because they're out there faster than we are. You can be out there fast. You just have to have a system that's built on that. And in my organization, if there's one mantra that I say all the time, I'm sure everyone on my team like is sick of hearing it. It's speed. It's speed, 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 speed. I'm impatient and I, I sort of run my company that way. I've seen too many deals kind of fall apart because they languish. They, they just sort of meander and we're not getting them closed and, and things happen. So you lose out on opportunities. So for me, once we get something under contract, like there is a big clock ticking in the background and it's me constantly telling my team and then now telling my operations guy, get it closed, get it closed, get it closed. So uh, we operate with, with very much, very intentional and with a lot of urgency in everything we do. So, yeah, you said something there like um, the little guy versus the big guy, right? So I talk about this a lot with my team. And um, if, you're, if you're listening to this podcast and it's, you're a one-man show and you're going, oh my gosh, these guys have so many, they get lead managers and acquisitions managers. And you know, how can I win against this guy who sends 75,000 pieces a month or hundreds of thousands of pieces a month? What I tell, I mean, I, I'm actually jealous of those people a lot of times because they can answer the phone, they can get to the appointment right away. They don't have to go through three different channels and they're getting the deal getting out there before me potentially. So what I tell my team is like, you guys got to focus on being the little guy. Like we, we need to be a company that has 12 to 15 people, but we got to act and operate like the little guy. We, if we get a call, that's a super hot lead. We got to make sure that we can get out there right away. So what are we doing? Are we entering stuff in the CRM and tasking somebody and hoping they look at it today? Or are we getting on the phone and calling them and saying, you got to go out to this house right now. I mean, I know of one deal here in Nashville that we did where my, uh, somebody was calling in to take an offer from another company. They were ready to sign a document from another company for the offer. They just got to us accidentally. They didn't even have any yeah. of our information. And my lead manager took the call, turned it around to say, Hey, um, would you be okay if we came out and made you an offer? We can get out there right now. Called the sales rep while she was on the phone. is like texting the sales rep. Can you get out there? He spent two hours there, got the contract. We made $35,000. I mean, yeah. that is something that the little guy would do that we did because, I mean, frankly, my team is taking ownership of this company and, and getting on it like that. Those are the kind of people that you need to have too when you run yeah. an operation like that. So. You know, you touched on something also that if anybody listened to the, the podcast with Andy, I, I, I'm hearing this kind of theme, right? So Mike talked about this bloated organization. Um, we got real big. Um, we probably weren't, you guys probably weren't making as much money as you wanted to as owners. And there was a lot of wasted resources and money and things like that by growing this organization. And Andy talked and touched on the same thing. And so did I. We talked about it um, on the last podcast, in fact. So I'm kind of hearing this theme. This is the second one I've done with you guys, but I see it inside of our mastermind group too, is a lot of people want to get more efficient. And a little bit leaner yeah. is like, how can we do more with less while we're still not running our people into the ground, but we're being really smart about where we put our money right now, because this yeah. marketplace where we're in right now is it's a tight market. A lot of people, there's a lot of competition. There's a lot, like we got to squeeze every, uh, the juice out of every single one of the deals that we get. We got to make sure that as owners, we're not spending money just to spend money, like dump more marketing in, really watch the numbers, watch the KPIs, track everything and yep. really see not just how much does it cost in marketing to get a deal in my company right now, we know exactly how much even operationally to include salaries, overhead, expenses, all that's including marketing. How yeah. much does it cost for us to get a deal? I bet there's very little in a number of investors out there who are actually tracking that number. A lot of people are saying it costs me this much to get a deal in this city or this market or this marketing channel, but they don't know how much the rest of their overhead and spending is. If you don't know that as a business owner, 
you don't know how much money you're making. So I know that mine's around, mine's pretty close to $9,000. So, um, and it, obviously higher in a city that is more competitive like Nashville and lower in a city like uh, that's a little bit less competitive that we're in like Chattanooga. So right. if I know that number, then I know when we wholesale a deal that makes $5,000, the company's actually losing money yeah. To, do, to do that deal. Now, um, I'm not saying that I'm not going to do the deal, but we are going to dig in and look at that. And really, when we focus on that number, we can see where we're leaking money and where we're waste, wasting resources. And yeah. that's when you get to the point where you're running a real business, like a real business that you're looking at the top line and bottom line revenue. So a lot of people now are talking about, yeah, that's great. You do $2 million, $3 million in gross profit, but what are you making? What are you really making? Right. So as a business owner, like I'm going to tell you right now, I know exactly what we're making. And and, um, and I love the fact you just hired a COO. You're talking about removing yourself probably from a lot of the day-to-day operations. And for me now, it's about having an organization that basically run, can run without me. And that's where I want to be. I want to be doing things like this. I want to be going to these mastermind meetings. I want to be giving back to the community, you know, making videos, doing things that we can do to help, uh, help other people reach the same level of success that we have. But not put in a bunch of time in that business because everybody talks about how this is active investing, right? We're flipping and wholesaling. We're active all the time. You're creating another job for yourself. I did not want another job. I wanted a business that can run when, if I'm on vacation, where if I want to put in a little bit more sweat equity in there, I can, you know? Um, So that's awesome. I, I think the little guy, big guy, uh, that's, a, that's a huge point to touch on. Also kind of the operational costs of running a business like this. Yeah. And I honestly, we, we bring, there's people who come into our, our organization all the time, right? And they don't, have, they don't have a big team and they don't have, they're not doing big numbers, but there are ways that you can, you can leverage that to your advantage. There, there are advantages to being small, right? You, like you just said, you, as you grow, you want to run you still want to run like a small business. You want to run like, like that one man band in a way when it comes to like being responsive and being out there quickly. So if, if as you get bigger, you're still trying to take advantage of the, the small guy, the way they have to run their business, that, that implies that there is something valuable to being that small guy. And I always talk about when you answer the phone, if you're the person answering the phone and doing everything, you answer the phone, you create rapport with that seller. If you're the one that shows up on the doorstep, you, you already have that rapport, like you, you have a head start because they already know, trust, and like you to some extent, right? So you get in there, now they open the door, hey, this is the person I talked to on the phone. You're instantly like have that connection with them. Whereas like a bigger company, it's like you talk to someone on the phone, then they call back and talk to someone different. And then they got someone different coming to the house and then someone different who's talking to them about, you know, the closing the deal. That's all fine. It's all necessary as you grow but there's distinct advantages to being small, right? And then we always try to emulate that as we get larger so we don't give the feeling of being this huge company that's a little intimidating or maybe feels a little bit like they don't have a personality or they're not real. You want to try to maintain that. So there's ways, you know, if you have a small company, I can tell you how to leverage that to your advantage and what to say and how to act from that seller so that you have a leg up against the big companies. And if you're a big company, we kind of do, you you kind of reverse engineer that. So there's positives to both but I'm with you. I want to grow my company. I don't want to have a job. I don't want to have to be there all the time. I mean, we had an event in Boston a few weeks back. I got back like three days later, I was on a plane, a vacation to Cancun. So I've hardly been home in the month of July and, and we're getting deals. I was just on the way uh, back uh, yesterday from, from doing some stuff. When I got back, I talked to my dispo guy and he's like, yeah, we just got a deal and uh, we're probably gonna make like $75,000. I don't even know the, I don't know the street name. I don't know the house number. I don't know what we got it for. I don't know what we're selling it for. All I know is 
we were trying to make 50 and this thing's getting bid up like crazy. It's like a $75,000 deal. It all happened when I wasn't around and it'll get closed without much of my knowledge either. So that's what I want. I want a business that create that produces when I'm not even there because I think most people think that real estate, like what we're doing is you have to be in it and it's been 80 hours a week on the business. You might in the beginning, but you don't have to if you build systems and processes and you strategically bring people in, not, not crazy, not tons of people, but bring people in as it makes sense so that you can remove yourself from certain portions of the business. And if you don't want to remove yourself because you just love part of it, great, do it. You don't have to replace yourself completely, it's, but it's all about clarity. What do you want? I want to be out of my business day to day. That's what I want. So I'm willing to bring people in to do that. If you love, if you love sales, it's like all you care about is like talking to people and being in front of people. Great. You can do that. It's, that's fine. It's just, but getting clarity and then executing on that vision is really the key. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think this business is, you know, it's, we, we make it sound like it's really easy. It's uh, everything's perfect. It's all rainbows and butterflies for us every day. Uh, so I think a lot of people think they hear that when they listen to these podcasts and everybody's putting that information out. Nobody's talking about like the, this horrible deal that they did. Um, so in fact, I want to start working through some of that, like share some of our stories of these, these difficult transactions that we fixed and go into detail a little bit more on this podcast and a, like a YouTube channel for me and things like that. And really share some of these stories of um, like one example, we just had a, a sales rep quit on us and you know, a month later, we spent a month finding somebody else and she was performing at a really high level. And I was, I was worried. I didn't know that I would be able to replace her with somebody that could do the same thing. And yeah. I was really worried for that market in my business. And then bringing somebody in and watching them succeed, like plug into our organization, just take off and do even more than we were doing before. Really cool just to see, kind of share how we did that, what it looked like, what does our training look like? And you know, how could we uh, when I didn't think it was possible, the struggle that I went through personally and thinking, oh my gosh, like we really had this person that we trained for a year, a little over a year. We had him dialed in and I was just deflated when that happened because we just finally got things hitting on all cylinders. And some yeah. of the struggles that we have as business owners, we don't share that too much. So I absolutely want to share that kind of stuff as we go forward. But we have people in our mastermind group too and that don't want to have a 15 person organization. Yeah that don't want these huge companies that want a more of a lifestyle business. They want to be involved in it and just do 12, 15, 20 rehabs. And I think they're starting to get clarity on that. This is not just a group or an organization or, um, you know, a, a mentorship a company that it, this is the path. You have to follow this blueprint. This is all we do. Remove yourself from the business. I think what we're really good at as people is like our company uh, community and culture is so great. Like the people that we have, the, the money that we raise at our events for charity, the giving back that happens, all the, the go giver mentality of everybody in the group, helping each other, you know, people are lifting, you know, reaching up to get pulled up and people are reaching down to lift other people up and not yep. leaving people behind and really starting to get clarity on what they want. So, you know, we're going to talk about Flip Hacking Live here uh, in a minute. And that's our event that we put on every October. This is the fourth one coming up. And I really want to spend some time at this event to, for the people in the audience to really figure out like, what is their, what is your why? Like, why are you doing this? Because I think without that, if you don't have something strong, we're talking about this business is not easy all the time. There's ups and downs. This, I call it the real estate roller coaster. Like sometimes I have a million dollars in my bank account and sometimes I have to go borrow money. It's just, yeah. it's so fast. This business changes and it, you know, the cheese moves and everything shifts and you got to be real. Um, you got to adapt to all that stuff. So, you know, with all of that, you got to have a really strong kind of why and what are you doing this for? And what's the purpose? And without that, I mean, 
you're going to hit a, you hit a wall and you're just going to say, all right, I'm done. I mean, I talked to so many people that will market for two months and say it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, they'll try something and quit. And it's just because they're not really committed to it. So what I love about the people that come into our community is these people are like dedicated to win and they want to stay, want to get around the other winners and kind of like follow along in their path or find somebody that what they're doing, they really like and kind of latch onto them. So I think the reason why we get along really well together is because we have very similar kind of um, core values, culture, like the way that we act in our life, uh, high integrity, um, you know, personal professional development. So my core values are, oh, we just added ownership to mine, like ownership, extreme ownership. I read that book two years ago by Jocko Willink and it is unbelievable. Like, so and I know that I've got to take this extreme ownership with my business and the people that work for me have to too. So they, that, that story that I told of Val getting that, that lead and, and then Chad getting out there right away and getting under a contract spending two hours, that is extreme ownership if I've ever heard of it before. So, um, and then we have uh, stewardship for, uh, for each other, for the company and the community. Hardworking, if somebody's not hardworking, it's like, I, I don't have time for you. Like if you're not going to work hard and put in the time, and it doesn't mean you have to just grind it out and everybody's talking about grinding and grinding and grinding. So that's, that's a joke. Like when you put your time in, you're dedicated, you're committed, you're focused, yep. hardworking, integrity. So integrity is a huge thing for me. And of course, when I start talking about hardworking, my dog starts barking and somebody comes to the door. So, um, so integrity and per- personal professional development. So all of those things are super yep. important to me. So yeah, absolutely. No, I think it's huge. And <clears throat> excuse me, you're right. You said, you know, people think that we don't always, nothing bad happens to us. We're running these big businesses. We're making millions of dollars and and it's always just rainbows and sunshine. And it's definitely not. I think the bigger your business gets and the more success you have, the more challenges that, that present themselves, right? Like you have, you had a salesperson that was producing at a very high level. She was making herself and the company a lot of money. So you think when you lose that asset, like, there's a humongous hole in your business and there's reason to be concerned. Now you brought somebody in and they're producing at a high level. That's fantastic. But you know, the the bottom line is when you're doing one deal a year, like flipping one house a year, like it's either it's all it's good or bad, right? It either worked or it didn't. So as you go, you're going to have more deals that are challenging, but you have more deals overall. So there's a lot of successes there too. And I think the, the problem that a lot of, you know, masterminds or gurus or whatever you, whatever you want to call them, people who have success in this industry, they always project ultimate success, right? Like Learjets and, and Rolls Royces and, you know, money, wads of money on their, on their kitchen table. Like it's all crap. Every single one of those people, most of them probably aren't even successful, but the ones that are, they have problems too. They're, they have deals that go south and, and, it's a, and it's a problem and they have people who quit or whatever the case may be. So that's the thing. This, I think this group is very real um, and, and we're very focused on getting people to where they want to be, not where we think they should be. And, and that's some of this correction that's happening is people see like you or Andy or whatever and they go, oh, I want to be that. I want to do $3 million. I want to do 20 deals a month. And they, they get to a point and realize they don't really want that level of business. They want more of a lifestyle business. So they're correcting and they're scaling down a little bit. And that's all good, right? That's part of it. I got bloated up with people, thought I needed all these people. Turned out I didn't really need them for what I was trying to do. So that's huge. And I think just the community, like finding people that are like you inside this, inside this community and knowing that you have that support. You talked about reaching down and reaching up and, you know, helping each other. Just having the support 
of, of a group of people who are sort of in the same boat as you. They're trying to build a business. They're trying to figure things out. We're all sharing. And I love to equate what we have here to like this huge expansive laboratory with all of these scientists who are going out into their markets and they're doing experiments and they're trying things and they're bringing all that collective information, knowledge and things that they've learned back to everyone else and sharing it so that everyone can sort of do on this exponential scale what Andy helped me do um, personally is show me what went right and what went wrong over the last four or five years and let me learn from that. Well, now you can go into a situation where you've got over 100 people who are doing exactly that and they're bringing back all their shared collective experiences and helping you get better faster and get smarter so you can get where you want to go. So, I just think that community and the, the wealth of knowledge and experience that are that are converging to create what we have here. There's nothing like it anywhere. And to, to top it off for, you know, I, I have a wife who can't always come to these events. She's a teacher and she just can't, they just, she just can't come to all of them. And, you know, this is something that doesn't really get talked about a lot, but I think it's important that people know it's not only a smart group. It's not only a group of, of, of people who you can find someone a lot like you and, and friendships and things. It's a good group. Like, we go out and, and it's just like good, wholesome, like sharing experiences. Everyone's friendly. There's no like weird personalities that are like causing, like it's just, it's good people from, from end to end, just good quality people who are there for a good reason and, and just nothing but, you know, I, I, I there's no bad seeds and, and I, I, I knock on wood, I guess, cause they're always, maybe there could be, but it's just a good group of people that my wife absolutely knows and, and loves and, and she loves that I'm there. And, and that, that makes, that goes a long way. You, you know, we talked about like spouses and, and some of those things that challenges people can have, but you know, as long as you're, you, you, you're in a group of great people sharing great ideas and, and just good, good, clean real estate conversations like that just helps from just a family standpoint. It's, it's a good group of people to be around. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. The, you know, we want to attract the people that are like us that, yep. um, that are, that we want to spend time with and do things with. And it's, it's so important and it is, it is really family-based. So, um, and I love it. We got, we had little babies in the mastermind meetings. We have little kids, uh, people yep. bring their families. It's, it's important to, to me too, to continue that. So, um, so, okay, let's transition to Flip Hacking Live. You mentioned this kind of like, uh, let's, get to this big business, not everybody needs it, um, things like that. And I use this kind of quote, like zero to Andy overnight, right? So people try to come into this mastermind and like start Andy's business up with a light switch. And those yeah. are the people that I've seen really struggle. They try to hire too fast, too big. They put in all, they spend all this money and yeah. they think it's just going to, just going to crank up. So last year at Flip Backing Live, I shared kind of my growth and my story because people think that I went to zero, from zero to Andy's business overnight and it wasn't, and it wasn't overnight. It took me four months to do my first deal, you know, and I, but I was committed and I focused and then, and then it started, you know, a couple more deals and a couple more deals. So I spent my hour talking about that. Like, how did I do it? How can you do it too? And you spent your time talking about how to make more money selling properties, like on disposition side. And it was yeah. probably one of the most like value bombed, like laced presentations that we had last year. It was, it's awesome. We had, we actually played it on the podcast. Um, uh, we'll put the number in the show notes, but um, it, it was probably a couple months ago that we replayed it on the podcast. It's phenomenal. And if you haven't listened to it, you need to go back and listen to it because it, it will probably make you 10 times more money if you implement some of those strategies. And I'm sitting there, I remember sitting there just writing these things down. I listened to it again. I was at the gym and I went, man, it's been nine months and we haven't done this. It's been nine months and we haven't done this. Why haven't we done that? And I just, I, there was like a long email to Nate right after I watched that video going, you need to implement this, 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 and this. We've, 
I know we talked about it nine months ago. Why haven't we done it yet? Yeah. So, I mean, just the amount of value and content that comes from that event, it's just, it's incredible for the, for the price. So you're going to be there speaking this year again, um, along with Andy and everybody else that I bring on this podcast over the next couple of weeks. So, um, you know, I just wanted to mention that event. I think it's, I think it's just, we talked about kind of the community and who we are and the kind of giving that we have and reaching up and reaching down and the whole focus, it's not a rah-rah event. It's not a anything flashy. It's a, it's about, you know, it's about like getting down to business and kind of opening the doors and telling people what we're doing right now um, in our business and sharing it and just letting them take it back to their marketplace, implement it and, you know, go blow up their business if, uh, if they can execute on the strategies that we lay, lay out for them. Yep. And, and you said it, right? It's, it's, it's about providing a lot of value. So we have <clears throat> some of our like seven and eight figure um, meetings prior to the Flip Hacking Live. So last year I gave that presentation uh, that you talked about. And, and I literally like, because we're all about like more, like just give, 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 give. Like don't, don't hold back, just give. So I was actually ripping like, like strategies that we talked about in this high level mastermind. I was ripping some of that, those notes I was taking and implementing it into my presentation and like just giving away stuff that was just cr like crazy that probably was, was like shared behind closed doors. Like I, I wasn't even thinking about it. So you're right. This, this group and this presentation at Flip Hacking Live, uh, Flip Hacking Live the people that you see up there, like these are investors, like they're not, they're not speakers, you know, for the most part, the people that, that are in our group are talking about stuff they're doing right now, like real estate, that the way they're running their business, things that they're doing to be successful. The event itself is, is invaluable because I know, I know for a fact, and you know, people have been to that event and based off of that springboard have gone on to create huge businesses, right? They've joined the seven figure program, but they the bottom line is that that was the starting point of their success. And I know that's happened to several people. So the event is amazing. Like you said, it's not flashy. It's not rah-rah. You probably won't be dancing. Uh, we won't have you dancing. But what we will do is is just focus on value, like making sure that every minute you're sitting there is a minute that you don't even want to get up and use the bathroom because there's too much being shared that you don't want to miss. So that, that's really what it's about. It, it, you know, it's, it's, it's launched businesses and the content that's shared there is for real. It's not hype. It's not theory. It's not people who used to do the business. It's people who are doing the business and sharing what's working with them for them right, right now. So I'm excited about it, man. I, I know, I know I seen behind the scenes. I know what the lineup looks like and I know what we're going to do. It's going to be amazing. It's just going to be amazing. Yeah, I know what we'll, what we'll do is we'll jump on again and talk about kind of what you're going to talk about. I don't even want to go, go down that road yet. Let's just, uh, I know, um, get I you think on. I know but I'm, I'm afraid to say it in case we, we modify it, but yeah, yeah, I'm going to trust me. I'm, I'm going to try to pour everything I can into it and make sure it's, yeah. it's just huge. So it will be I, I'm, I'm competitive, right? I want to make sure I want mine to be the best. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to say it right on right now on uh, audio. I want mine to be the best. And, and I, I stress about that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm going to try. Yeah. To bring. Well, Mike and I are both competitive guys. So um, <laughs> and it's funny that we've been very friendly on this podcast, but there's usually like a jab or, jab or two in there. But <laughs> I, know. I know it's been really good. <laughs> I agree. So, um, so you'll see Mike there. I'll be there, obviously. Andy's going to be there. And I'm going to bring on some more guests over these next couple of weeks on the podcast to just kind of tell you who's going to be there and the caliber of that person and the caliber of their business. It goes a long way, right? So obviously, you know, I look up to Mike. I think he's a phenomenal guy. I, I, it's a great business going and uh, just really a, a all around just good dude. So Kyle, um, I want a clip of that, Kyle. You know who you are out there. I want a clip of that. Please email that to me, that whole yeah. like thing you just did. 
All right, we'll delete that one. So, um, but you know, we'll, we'll have him there and uh, I really hope to see you guys all there at Flip Hacking Live. Uh, so you can go to fliphackinglive.com and grab your ticket there. Um, there's a discount for two tickets and if you need any more, you can just email it us at info at houseflippinghq.com. So uh, fliphackinglive.com, it's in San Diego, October 10th through the 12th. Um, three days jam-packed with, it's not surface level stuff. We're going deep into strategy and our business. If there's an, a speaker that's talking for an hour, they're using, they're telling you the exact system them. You are going to be able to leave that event and implement that immediately. There's not there's going to be steps that they leave out or things that we say, okay, here, here's half. You can pay for the other half. Uh, none of that stuff. I mean, you could come to this event, um, pay the ticket price and get 10 times or hundred times the value right there. And we're going to be around. We'll be talking to people. Um, you know, we'll be uh, taking pictures and stuff like that and just getting to know some of you guys. So uh, we got a lot of cool stuff planned, even off stage and, um, and at the hotel. It's right downtown San Diego at the Hilton Bayfront Hotel, um, right at the gas lamp, right across from Coronado. It's a beautiful location. We pro- I've been trying to get down there for the last like three years. It's been yeah. we, like last year we were up in La Jolla. I've really just been trying to move down to these bigger hotels. And now that we have a little bit bigger following, a little bit bigger event, uh, we have some big keynote speakers. We were able to book out Huge. a really uh, awesome location. So, yeah. um, and I highly recommend you guys stay at the hotel there at the Hilton. There's, that's where the, you know, all the speakers stay, all the, um, all the guests stay. There's a networking opportunity there is insane. So totally. I know like Airbnb and VRBO are really big right now, but we worked hard to get that price down to 199 a night. So, I mean, I, you're not going to find that uh, all around San Diego. So it's a, yeah. it's a great place. Yep. Pro tip, you will, you will get a ton of value from just catching speakers in the hallway and seeing people that were on stage and grabbing them and pulling, asking them some questions. That is a, that's a huge tip. Like you will lose some value if you don't stay there. You just will. Yeah. So, um, we worked hard to get that price down and, and make it a value add for you guys. So make sure that you're using our discount, uh, disc, discount price on the hotel until it books up. So, um, we will sell out this event. Uh, there's no doubt about that. So don't wait, go to fliphackinglive.com and, uh, hope to see you there. So Mike, thanks for spending time with me, um, awesome. today, and we'll probably bring you on in the next couple of weeks to kind of dig into what you want to talk about at uh, Flip Hacking Live too. So, all right, man, looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the House Flipping HQ podcast with Bill Allen. If you haven't gotten your tickets to Flip Hacking Live to see our guests live on stage sharing all of their systems and secrets, make sure you go to fliphackinglive.com before tickets are sold out. This is an event you can't miss. We'll see you in San Diego.